welcome to the Healing Our Sight podcast, where we discuss vision issues and healing strategies from the patient perspective. I'm your host, Denise Allen. The goal of this podcast is to create an awareness of the diverse types of vision issues people experience, to highlight the types of help available, and to open a dialogue between patients as well as vision professionals to show we're not alone in our vision struggles. In this episode, I'm speaking with Melissa Daniels, who is sharing her journey to stereopsis through her website at lazyeyesolutions.com and on her Instagram page, Strabismus to Stereopsis. Links will be in the show notes. These resources are excellent, and I think you'll really enjoy her positive, upbeat spirit as she shares how she got to where she is now and her goals moving forward. Today, I'm speaking with Melissa Daniels, who I found out about recently. She has a wonderful website, and she has a great Instagram. And I think that her story is so inspiring and that you're going to love hearing from her today. So without further ado, Melissa, welcome. Thank you. Thank you for having me. (laughs) It's my pleasure. I want you to tell us a little bit first about your story and why you became so passionate about healing your eyesight and also sharing it with everyone. Well, I've had strabismus since I was born. I was born with really severe esotropia and had multiple surgeries as a kid. And the surgeries pretty much made my eyes straight. So I didn't really do anything about it until I became an adult. And just things got hard. I couldn't drive well. And I started noticing that people were like looking behind them more when I would talk to them, especially when I'd go help in my kids' classrooms. That's when I really started noticing it was like the fifth graders would start laughing and I was be like, are they noticing? I kind of thought it was my little secret, but it was like becoming more apparent that it was not a secret. There was one really specific incident where I almost got in a car accident driving a babysitter home at night. And there was oncoming headlights and I don't know what happened. My vision just went crazy and I like swerved off the road. It was really scary. And I was like, something's wrong with my eyes. I don't know what it is and I don't understand. And so I just started trying to find answers. And and so I went to an optometrist and tried patching for a few months. And then that led me to find vision therapy eventually And when he told me how much it cost, that was when I was like, I don't think this is the right idea. It's too expensive. (laughs) Right. (laughs) And I thought, I'm just going to do it on my own. So I for sure tried to do it on my own for a while and realized I needed a professional to help me. And so then I started going to vision therapy and I I started vision therapy going in like for weekly appointments or I guess bi-weekly appointments in May of 2019. And continue doing vision therapy. I never took any breaks or anything. And then this summer, after I really went all in all winter, I just really, I was going every week and I was being really dedicated. And I just, I made a lot of progress and then it just stopped. And for months, I stayed exactly where I was. I was having a lot of stereopsis and things like that, but not able to do it all the time. I couldn't keep my eyes straight. And so my optometrist, told me that it was probably time to consider surgery. And I did. And so I just had surgery eight weeks ago and I'm now trying to (laughs) fix, fix everything. But I I guess 
somewhere along the road, I just decided it was frustrating to not have anyone else to talk about it with. Mm -hmm. And so I decided that if I reached out, maybe people would reach back. And they did. There was a lot of people that were feeling the exact same way that they're, they were kind of all alone in this because you feel very isolated. It's been really great for me to, to find that. And, and the more that I learn and the more that I find out, the more I want to share. That is awesome. Your journey is so similar to mine in so many ways, but yet there's so many differences too. Right. Yeah. I think that your esotropia is just like my brother's because he was born that way also and had the three surgeries. And Interesting. I hear three surgeries all the time that lots of people have three. <laughs> yeah. Well, because they do two when they're, when you're an infant and then I don't know why, but it seems like invariably there's one eye that wasn't quite right or something. I think mm-hmm. he had one, a surgery for one eye at a time when he was an infant. And then the third one was like touch up or something when he was seven. Oh, interesting. Mine was always both eyes. Okay. I had and maybe surgery I on both eyes each time. Yeah. And it might've been both eyes when he was, <laughs> I don't know. I just, that's how I remember it. And I don't even know if my mom remembers it any different than that. It's kind of right. Funny. It's so interesting to me because I went from having esotropia as a baby. And then after my surgeries, I became, it went to exotropia. And so my whole adult life, it was sometimes intermittent. I would call it intermittent exotropia. I think I always had at least about a 10 degree eye turn, but it was always out. And so now I've had surgery and now my eye is back to being esotropic again, right. which is fun. Not what you expected. probably. No, not exactly. Yeah. It's been a challenge. My brother's also exo now after his surgery. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That's why I thought it was so similar to him. Seems like that happens a lot after, you know, babies start out with esotropia and then it turns. I think so. Well, I think because you're still trying to avoid the double vision. Exactly. And it's like, okay, I guess I have to do it a new way now. Right. Path of least resistance or something. I don't know what, what that is, but it, it seems like a common thread that we've discovered here, right? So tell us a little bit about how that surgery went for those that haven't been following you on Instagram. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I won't go into too much detail. Um, so before surgery, I, I don't know, I'm a numbers person, I'm a math teacher. The numbers <laughs> speak to me for some reason. So I was at 35 degrees of exotropia before. So my, my eye was out pretty far and then the surgery happened. And right after surgery, my eyes were straight, but then within a few hours, my eye had turned in like 25 degrees. Mm-hmm. And so before surgery, I was having so much success with vision therapy. I was able to do a lot of the different activities. I had experienced the stereopsis multiple times in like the real world. And so when I had the surgery, I fully expected that my eyes were just going to be so happy they were straight that they were just going to see well together. That was the plan. Right. I can do everything if my eyes are straight. Like it's just, I can't keep them straight. They won't stay straight. And so I need to surgery to keep them straight and then I'll be totally fine. And unfortunately, it didn't happen like that for me. My my brain was did rejected straight and turned my eye in. And that first week after surgery, I couldn't walk in a straight line. I was very visually 
confused, I guess, um, like very severe double vision. And it wasn't just double vision like I'd experienced before where I see two of the same thing. Like the peripheral vision was also double. So it was like things were tilted weird. <laughs> I don't even know how to explain it. Like, like it was like a V. I was looking at a V and like one world was – I don't know. It's too hard to explain without a picture. But anyways, it was very hard <laughs> for sure. I was mentally a disaster. Yeah. Um, but luckily, I, I was able to go back in and my surgeon, our surgeon that we shared, Dr. Peterson, um, adjusted the sutures in my eye. He'd left you know, the inside sutures available to be adjusted, I guess. And he was able to make my eyes much more straight. And so my vision is much better now. I'm not having the severe double vision. You know, I'm having some central double vision, but my peripheral vision isn't double. And I can walk and drive and I feel pretty normal. I feel actually very similar to what I was before I started vision therapy, but maybe a little bit ahead of that. But I'm not like having any stereopsis in real life or anything like that. So definitely on like my vision therapy goals (laughs) and exercises, like I'm, I've definitely backtracked. Yeah. Which that's got to be so disappointing right now. (laughs) Yes. I'm actually in a much better place now, but at the beginning I was pretty devastated and felt like it was the end of the world. But I guess I had an epiphany one night that really made a difference for me. I sitting there like, why did the surgeon overcorrect my eyes? If he had just left my eye a little bit out, I'm really good at making my eyes go straight. Mm -hmm. And so if he'd left it a little bit out, I would have been fine and able to straighten my eye. But since he left it a little bit in, I can't move my eye. I don't know how to move my eye the other direction. And that's the problem. And and so I just had this epiphany that I'm only one-sided though. I can only move my eye one direction. And if I want like the full scope of vision, if I want to have this like great result. If I want to have the stereopsis and and have this be a long-term result, I have to know how to move my eyes both directions. And and so I just, I'm halfway there. I'm really good at converging. And now it's my chance to learn how to diverge. And so as hard as that is for me to realize that it's like starting over, it's worth it because I know strabismus and vision therapy, it's a lifelong thing. I know like the exercises can go on forever. And if having the surgery makes it easier for me to maintain my results, which I feel really confident that it will be, then it's okay. I've accepted it. (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Honestly, I I can only imagine how hard that could have been because I I didn't experience it that way. And everyone has their own different experience with this. And I think it's so valuable to be able to realize that and just be okay, I guess, with how it has to be for each individual. I think I had a really easy time after surgery, honestly, but it's, it was my only surgery. I, the, my hardest right. time deciding to actually have the surgery and then be okay with the fact that I did that. <laughs> no. Not judge yourself exactly. and feel like you failed the vision therapy world because you chose surgery. That's how I feel like, do I dare tell anyone that I did this or are they going to be mad at me and think I'm like, I sold out? Well, that's the problem. And I think that we just need to establish more of a dialogue about the whole picture, really. Right. And get other people to know that it's okay to use surgery and vision therapy. 
Mm-hmm. It's not like you have to choose one or the other because when you have such severe strabismus, you're probably going to need both and that's okay. Mm-hmm. It's not fun. Like I can see why a lot of people choose not to do vision therapy with strabismus because it's a lot of work. Right. <laughs> I think it's worth it, but you know, mm-hmm. I'm not even at the end and I still think it's worth it. Yeah. Well, and I've noticed a lot on the groups that I've read that a lot of people are having multiple surgeries and they're asking, how many of you have had more than three surgeries and what are your results? And I just had surgery and my eyes turning again and they don't all know that there's another option or they've heard people bad-mouthing vision therapy and saying it's too expensive and I just liken it to any other surgery. If you had a knee surgery or a shoulder surgery or anything else, you wouldn't dream of having surgery and never doing any physical therapy. Right. And so it makes total sense that you would do some kind of therapy on the most important organ of your body. <laughs> right. Totally is. Sure that it works right. Oh, so, okay. You have a lot of resources that you've shared on Instagram and on your website. Which one came first of those two? Well, they kind of came at the same time. I'm just, I'll be honest <laughs> if you want. Yeah. <laughs> they both came about in the window of time between when I went for my first appointment at Vision Therapy. And when I started doing vision therapy, there was about a four or five month break there where I had to decide to do vision therapy and figure out how to pay for it. And I was going in like every four to six weeks and doing some home therapy things. But in my mind, I was going to do vision therapy on my own. So I was doing a lot of research, trying to find different programs or resources on how to do your own vision therapy. And I made my website with the idea in mind that I was going to create a website to teach people how to do their own vision therapy. And so they didn't have to pay astronomical prices. (laughs) And this is how little I knew about vision therapy at the time. So if you look at my first couple Instagram posts, my first couple blog posts, they're very much like, I'm going to make this a business. I'm going to make money doing this. And the more I got into it, the more I realized, oh, I need to go to a professional and I can't blog about how to do vision therapy. So that's how it started was to make money. And, and they kind of, I did them together. I signed up for this course on how to create a website and that's how it started. And it's evolved into something else. And I think it's good. You know, the very first time I talked about my vision, it was actually like a really spiritual thing that happened to me. It was an experience that I'd had with patching and I shared it on my, just my private Facebook page with my friends and family. And I got a huge response from it. And I thought, Oh, maybe people want to hear about this. And there were several people who had strabismus or knew somebody with strabismus who really reached out and like said, it really meant a lot to them too. And, and so I kind of got me thinking like, maybe I could share about this. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of how it all got started between those two things. Like one was like sharing it on my Facebook page and the other was, I'm going to make some money. I'm going to tell those vision therapy people who's boss. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's a, it's a really big commitment to learn all of what they know. Oh, it's like, I guess I have to go to optometry school first and that's just not (laughs) on the card. So I guess I'll just pay for the appointments. 
Yeah. Well, I think that that is something that a lot of people think though, is that there's things that they can do on their own. And I think it's like anything else. If you want really excellent results, then you find someone who is able to give you the kind of instruction that you need. Exactly. I mean, I did. I made some great progress on my own. I was able to break suppression and gain control of my right eye for the first time, which is huge. And that was it. (laughs) Then I started getting double vision and I didn't really know where to go from there. I just thought, well, I'll just keep learning how to use both eyes. And then, then one day it'll just click and they'll just go straight. That's kind of what I thought. I don't think people realize how involved it is. I get people every day messaging me on Instagram, asking me for exercises. What exercises can I do to fix my lazy eye? And I just have to tell them like, it's so involved. Like I have a website where I'm trying to talk about my experience and I couldn't possibly talk about all the different things that I'm doing. Like there's so much more to it. And the website has a ton of information on it. So it's just, it's, it's so involved. There's just, you have to have a professional guiding you. That's good, I guess. <laughs> yeah. And I've heard stories about people who have done things on their own that were counterproductive. Mm-hmm. And I, that's kind of what you're indicating with creating your own double vision for a little bit there. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, and I knew like double vision was going to be part of it. Cause it's like, if you wake up both eyes and they don't know how to work together, then you're definitely going to have double vision. So I wasn't like concerned about it until like I didn't know how to make them work together. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, I don't, I know how to make my right eye work, but I don't know how to make it work with my left eye. Yeah. And that's when I realized like, that's what vision therapy is. (laughs) It's teaching them to work together. And I had done the very first tiny step on my own, which was great, (laughs) but there's so much more to it that I needed help with. Right. Well, and I found that to be the case also. What's your favorite resource that you share on each of those? Oh, like the, my favorite thing that I use? Well, or... yeah, the, th- the favorite thing you use and then the favorite thing that or the thing that's been favorite for people who are reading or just tell us what your favorite is. So my f- Instagram is very different than my website in as far as purpose goes. And I don't think a lot of the same people are using both resources. So as far as Instagram grows, I feel like it's more of a place where people can go and find someone who's going through the same thing and have someone to talk to. It's more of like a a support group type thing. For me, that's how it is for me. And I think other people find that same value in learning. There's someone else going through it and I'm sharing the ups and the downs and they're seeing that and then they share their ups and downs with me and I can empathize with them. Mm-hmm. And so I think that in itself is a huge resource for me and for the other people. I think we all benefit from it. And the website is more for people who are just wanting to learn more about either vision therapy or different tools that I've used. People trying to make a choice between, okay, which program should I use? Or what are some exercises that I can do to mix things up? So that's more for people who are already in vision therapy and just like want some facts. It's more about the facts on my website and Instagram's about feelings. Okay. <laughs> I don't really Which know. I haven't really thought about this before. So <laughs> I mean, I, it's both, right? Right. Oh, it's both. Both are so important. I mm-hmm. I had have had a life coach through this entire process helping me figure out the emotional and mental side of this because 
that's been the hardest part by far. Yeah. I don't think we deal with the emotional part of it as much as we probably could or should. Right. I've, I've done a lot of work. I feel like I'm in a lot better place now than I was before because I've been coached on it so many times that <laughs> I like, I know, okay, you can handle this and it's all going to be okay. That's so valuable. My favorite thought that I've learned, and I think over and over again, when things go wrong or when I'm not able to do something, I don't know. I always just think, what if this was all orchestrated in my favor? Mm-hmm. Like, what if this is the perfect way things could happen? And this is the, the best possible line of events, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, with my surgery, it's like, okay, this was exactly what it's supposed to be. And just going from there. And that helps a lot. Yeah. Well, because you didn't enter into that situation lightly. I mean, it, it took a lot for you to decide to have that surgery again and to, to be guided to the surgeon that you wanted and all of that, right? Right. It was a huge leap of faith. Mm-hmm. And it was for me too. And, and that's why it's kind of interesting that we ended up with the same surgeon, even though you're in a different state than me. I know. When you told me that, I was so surprised. It's because he's the best. He's the best <laughs> surgeon. Everyone comes from hours and hours away to get their strabismus surgery by Dr. Peterson because he's awesome. So you've heard that there are people coming from other places that are far, far away also. I know there's people from Boise mm-hmm. that go to him as well. I just think a lot of people in the surrounding area anyone within a few hours, I think he's just the man for the job. I mean, some people would look at me and say, well, you don't have stereopsis. It wasn't a success. But I think what he did was 100% success. The fact that my brain isn't jumping in with both feet has nothing to do with how capable he is at surgery. Right. Well, each surgeon has to evaluate that individual. And there are so many variables that... Right into consideration. I mean, you had three previous surgeries for him to take into consideration and I had zero previous surgery. (laughs) That's a totally different thing. Right. Yeah. Um, I really loved the blog post where you shared all the questions that you asked him right before your surgery. How many of those were suggested to you on Instagram? Because when I looked at your Instagram, I noticed that you asked for people to give suggestions. Right. I would say a lot of them were repeat questions that I was going to ask anyway. Right. But I would say almost every question that I put in that post was probably a question on Instagram as well. Okay. At least three-fourths of them because I had the same questions that they had. We yeah. all kind of had similar questions. A lot of the questions that I asked also came from support groups on Facebook where I see people asking the same questions over and over and over again. And so I thought, I'm just going to ask those questions and I'm going to write it up and then we'll have it all in one document. All the questions that everyone has ever had about (laughs) strabismus surgery. (laughs) Poor Dr. Peterson during that appointment. It went on forever and he was seriously so patient. He just answered them and was just so kind. (laughs) He's very good that way. And when I went in for my surgery, all of, the, all of the people that helped me get ready for surgery, the receptionist at the surgical center and everybody else along the way told me how great he was. 
the whole mm-hmm. time. I was like, okay, good. I'm, yep. I'm in good hands. <laughs> yep. I, I heard the exact same thing that he's the one. So <laughs> at least if you're in this area, right? Right. If you're in this area, he's a good one. My <laughs> eyes are straight. If you're going for cosmetically straight eyes. He did an excellent job. <laughs> right. I agree. So um, we're taping this podcast segment right before you're going to be doing a session for iHeartVT, right? On October 2nd. So that's in three days. Right. And I noticed that it has open access for that. Mm -hmm. Do you know if people are going to be able to see that later or do they have to tune in then? It's going to be available on YouTube. So I will be putting that on the Instagram, I'm sure. Well, it's hard to link on Instagram. So I guess I will probably be putting it on my website and have a link there. I know they have it on YouTube. So you can go to the iHeartVT webpage and they'll have all the different sessions and speakers. And if it was an open session, most of them are closed and you have to be like an optometrist or a vision therapist or a student to be able to watch a lot of the different conference speakers, but they're leaving mine open. So it will be available. Okay. Are there a bunch of others that are open like that? People like you? Not a ton, but there's some great ones. Like Sue Berry did one, which was super fun to listen to her. And um, David Cook, who is like my vision therapy hero, he has done a few about strabismus that were so good. So yeah, there's some great ones. But the David Cook ones were not open. I actually paid the subscription to be a part of the conference. And then I got on and realized everything was closed because I'm not an optometrist. I even tried to lie about it and say I was an optometrist, but they like checked my credentials, which I don't have. And so I was like, great. Now I'm embarrassed that I'm dishonest. Like I want to be one. I'm kind of a wannabe. Like learn a lot. But I actually emailed David Cook and said, I want to watch it. Will you tell iHeartVT to let make it open for me? And and he did. So I was able to watch his. I think he changed it so that it was open to the public. Oh, excellent. Okay. What I'm going to do is if people are listening to this after the event, I'll link that in the show notes, in the podcast notes. So that perfect. Try to find it more easily. And we'll put your link to Instagram and your link to your blog also. Or your website, your blog, your website. (laughs) I don't know what it is. It might be a website and it might be a blog. I think it's both. (laughs) I think it looks very much like a a website. So I would call it a website. Okay. It's a website. (laughs) Link my website in the show notes. (laughs) It will be there. Okay. And I love that you're so transparent and sharing all your ups and downs. I I think it's just amazing. It's it's so uh, inspirational to people. Thank you. I didn't have the courage to do what you're doing. So I really appreciate that you're willing. It helps me so much. I, when I'm able to share it, it makes it less big. When I say it out loud and say, I'm really having a bad day and I feel like I might've made a mistake. Mm -hmm. When I say it out loud, it's so much easier for me to answer my brain and say, what if it was a mistake? Well, we're going to move forward anyway. Like it doesn't matter, like whether it was a mistake or not, you know, I'm able when I'm able to talk about it and then people message back and oh, I have gotten some of the most amazing messages since my surgery. This one woman, I don't know where she's from, but she wrote out a prayer for me 
that was like beautiful, the most beautiful prayer I have ever read. And just, I made me cry. I showed it to my sisters. They cried. We all just cried. (laughs) It was just beautiful. Like things like that, that really inspire me and touch me that help me get through those hard times. So for me sharing like, yeah, I have to be vulnerable, but in doing that, I am able to get so much support. It makes such a difference. And then I think other people see like, oh, it's okay if it's hard. Like it doesn't have to be easy to be the right answer. Like it can be the right answer and be super challenging and make you want to cry. (laughs) Right. Well, I appreciate it. And we're going to follow up later and hear how your journey has continued and hopefully soon have that great success where you'll be telling us how you're seeing in 3D, right? I can't wait. Totally going (laughs) to be there. It's going to be by the end of the school year. That's my plan. Okay. May of 2021, I want to be done with my weekly vision therapy sessions. I know I'll be doing vision therapy forever Mm -hmm. at home, but I'm hoping to be done with the bulk by then. Right. Well, and and Dr. Davies told me that Sue Berry still does vision therapy all the time. And I thought, well, if Sue Berry is still doing it, I am going to be still doing it also. I actually, when she did her iHeartVT, what is it called? Speech talk session. I don't know what it was called, but when she did hers, that's something that she said that she went six months without doing any exercises just to see what happened. And she lost a ton. So she does it every day. And I cried. <laughs> I was like, what? I'm not going to just be better and be done. I was very disappointed, but I'm used to the idea now. It's just part of my life. Well, and what I took from that is that I'm strabismic and I will always be strabismic. I, I feel it in my eyes. And I feel like until I get to the point where my eyes are so relaxed and so, um, I guess there's not another word for it than that, really, that they're so relaxed that they just know their place and how to work that I will have to keep reminding them. Absolutely. That's what I'm going to be doing is reminding them because I tend to stress myself out all the time and my eyes are where that goes. Absolutely. I, I think of it, not right now, isn't like diabetes, but I'm thinking, okay, I just, I, some people have diabetes and some people have, are deaf or, you know, there's different things people have to deal with. And every day, you know, they have to give themselves a shot for insulin or they have to do these different things every day. And I have strabismus and there's going to be things that I have to do every day to take care of that. And, and that's okay. That's just how it is. <laughs> it's okay. It is. And it's worth it because we get to see in 3D because we do that. Right. That's that's the thing. And I'm going to watch one of my 3D movies to remind myself. That's going to be my my treat. That's so fun. I have not ever seen a movie in 3D. Once I started getting to the point um, last winter where I was almost able to bring my eyes together and see in 3D on command. I don't know how, I don't know. I felt like it was 3D to me. It felt very different. Then COVID hit Mm -hmm. and all the movie theaters have been closed down. So I have not had an opportunity. And then I had surgery. And so now I wouldn't be able to. And 
So I guess I'm just going to have to keep waiting because I've never been to a 3D movie. Maybe, maybe not. You could come visit me. <gasps> a 3D TV. Oh my goodness. I think it's time for a girl's trip. <laughs> Yeah, that would be awesome. Yes, I would love to. I'm dying to see a movie in 3D. <laughs> I have a collection and I'm adding to it. So how fun. Well, next time I go to my post-op appointment and I'm in your area, I'll just stop by and watch movies with you all afternoon. Okay. <laughs> That's a date. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Well, we'll we'll go ahead and end with that. Everyone will be visualizing us having our party. <laughs> Perfect. Okay. Thank you. All right. And uh, thank you. We'll be in touch very soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of Healing Our Sight. If you liked this episode, please subscribe, add a review, and share it on your favorite social media. You can also ask questions or suggest a guest by visiting my Facebook page, Healing Our Sight. And more information is found on my website healingmysight.com. Thanks again for listening.